0: In Ottawa County in West Michigan, a slate of nine new commissioners just took office. In their first meeting on January 3rd, they made some sweeping changes to county operations. And not everybody was happy about it.
1: Joe Moss and his acolytes came together to try to figure out how they were going to bastardize the open meetings act and transparency in Ottawa County government.
0: Just because of your religious beliefs doesn't mean that you get to shove it down everybody else's throats. Just because you're a white Christian conservative does not mean that everybody in this in this county, everybody in this room thinks the way that you do. And for a group of people, any group of people to get up and in the name of Jesus or whoever tell us all about how we ought to live is a very bad idea.
1: What it makes me think of actually is is Not sort of conservative versus progressive, but almost these two visions of conservatism that we see battling out nationally and locally. And I see that a lot in West Michigan.
0: Today on the pod, a new kind of Republican takes control in reliably red Ottawa County. Michigan Radio's Dustin Dwyer covers West Michigan for us. And he's been keeping an eye on what's been happening in Ottawa County these past couple of weeks. Hey, Dustin. Hey, April. So, last time we talked about this, you went through with us how last year a group of candidates associated with Ottawa Impact, this, this PAC, a uh, political action committee that was involved on public health and masking issues during the pandemic, how this group of candidates successfully campaigned for office on a platform of certainly taking a hard line on public health policies. But also on a perception, I guess, that Ottawa County was moving away from, I guess, white Christian values is how I'd characterize the way they've been talking about this. When we recap what happened at the first meeting, what happened when these new commissioners started work?
1: Well, a lot happened. I mean, it was their first, this auto impact PAC supported nine candidates, nine of the new candidates on this board. And that's out of 11 total members on the board. So they control the board uh, effectively. And at their first meeting, um, they did a bunch of stuff really uh, that that wasn't expected. It wasn't on the original agenda. They fired the county's top administrator and hired John Gibbs, who had been a Republican candidate for Congress and who lost that election. Um, They signified an intention to get rid of the county health director and hire this other person um, who has a public health degree from an online university and hasn't ever served um, a, a government in a government capacity in public health. He works in the private sector. Um, and they fired the county's top attorney and signaled their intention to hire uh, this other group, the Coleman Legal Group. And it was it was that legal group which was really on the agenda for this week.
0: How would you have described the public reaction and and the public comment period during that first meeting?
1: Well, last week, it was really a lot of people supporting these commissioners. They had really, they'd come in on this kind of grassroots wave of a lot of people in Ottawa County who were upset over pandemic orders. They were upset over masking in schools. They were vocal at at county commission meetings last year, and they pushed to have these new commissioners elected. And so there were a lot of comments last week that were supportive of these commissioners, a few that expressed some concerns, but really they had a lot of support last week.
0: So that brings us to Tuesday's meeting this week. What was on the agenda?
1: Well, really only one major thing was on the agenda, and that was the contract for this Kalman Legal Group, which I mentioned. Um, Again, we had heard the name last week, but this time there was a contract on the table. That contract would give Kalman uh, at least $580,000 for legal services over the next two years. Um, And that was really the only thing on the agenda, but it turned out that there were almost two hours of public comments leading up to that.
0: What do we know about the Common Law Firm?
1: Well, we know that they've really made a name for themselves in the last couple of years um, opposing those mask mandates. They represented... um, they represented the Owasso Barber, if you remember, the, the barber who uh, stayed open despite the order for businesses to close down. They represented the Western Michigan University soccer players who didn't want to comply with the school's, uh, the, the the team's vaccine mandate. Um, but they've also uh, taken up causes that, you know, they call r- uh, religious freedom issues about, say, business owners who want to deny service to LGBTQ customers. Um, they've defended those business owners and they opposed um, Proposal three which passed last year and which enshrined abortion rights in Michigan. Common Legal Group was active in fighting against Proposal 3.
0: So, uh, Dustin, if I understand this right, this is a no-bid contract. Was anything said at the meeting about whether or not that was a good idea or whether or not there's more we should know about the law firm?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a big it was a big issue. Um, A couple of commissioners brought this up specifically. And in fact, you know, I said Ottawa Impact supported nine of these commissioners. Well, two of them voted against the contract for Kalman Legal Group. And it was specifically because they said that, you know, even if they might support Kalman Legal Group, they wanted to see more of a process. And so there was a motion on the table to hire Kalman Legal only for a couple of months and then put out a public request for proposals, allow other law firms to to bid for this service. Um, Common Legal Group is based in Lansing. There was some concern, you know, people said, you know, we should have an Ottawa County firm doing this work. Um, But those concerns were really brushed aside. And, you know, there's this other concern beyond just like, you know, this thing being no bid. The Common Legal Group actually has a kind of personal connection to one of the commissioners in particular, Joe Moss, who's now uh, the chair of the commission, is business partners with Joel Coleman, who's the nephew of the founder of the Coleman Legal Group. And during last year's campaign, Joel Coleman played a pretty key role in Ottawa Impact's campaign. Um, he was paid tens of thousands of dollars for web hosting and other services for, for these candidates. To be clear, he was not paying the candidates. The candidates were paying him. And now his uncle was up for this big contract. And so before the vote on this contract... Uh, a half a million dollar contract, one of the commissioners, Roger Bergman, brought this up and brought up this issue of you know possibly a conflict of interest. So you'll hear Roger Bergman here and the other voices you're going to hear is Joe Moss himself, the chair of the board. Um, Mr. Chairman, I would like to uh, ask if there's any on the board who have a potential conflict of interest that they abstain from voting. Is there anyone on the board who has a potential conflict of interest? Okay, so you hear that silence just kind of hanging there, and Moss doesn't say anything. He didn't talk about this connection, um, and he didn't abstain from the vote, and that turned out to be, you know, potentially pretty key. the The vote on the contract, it passed with a vo- one vote margin, six to five. Um, two of the members of Ottawa Impact, uh, who had supported Ottawa Impact, actually voted against this. Um, and by the way after this I called David Coleman the head of Coleman Legal Group the uncle of Joel Coleman Joe Moss's business partner asked him about this he sort of laughed and he said it's ridiculous to say that this connection between his nephew and Joe Moss represented a conflict of interest
0: It's time for a quick break back with Dustin in a moment Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. So what did the residents have to say about this in public comments? It sounds like it was a really different tone than that first meeting.
1: Yeah, it was quite a different tone. There were a lot of people coming out opposing these new board members. Um, and but still, there was plenty of people supporting them as well. So it was pretty mixed. You know, one thing that came up quite a bit in public comments this time around was people reacting to another one of the big moves that happened last week. Uh, these commissioners voted to uh, close the county's Office for Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. And they also voted to um institute a new county motto. Um, so a lot of people spoke about that decision and how it would affect residents. One person who spoke to that was Justine Robinson, who said she really didn't want to come out to the meeting, but she said as one of the few people of color in the area where she lives, she felt like she had to be there to talk about this. I just want to point out I don't feel safe here, and I made it very clear
0: for the three years I've lived here, I didn't feel safe and it's just getting more evident.
1: But as I said, there were still plenty of people who said that they were glad that the DEI office has been removed. And one of the commissioners said, you know, there were people in Ottawa County's 92% white. And this commissioner said there were some people who didn't feel comfortable about some of these DEI initiatives. They felt like they were being excluded. Um, actually, she said that that was part of the reason why they wanted to change the co- county motto. The, the county motto used to be where you belong. And This commissioner, Sylvia Rohde, said that actually where you belong made some people feel like they didn't belong. And so they changed the county motto to where freedom rings.
0: And so um, so what has happened in our change of our of our motto in our county is not an it's not at all an exclusive thing. Um, In fact, we had a great number of our community that that had been made to feel they were no longer welcome here by the previous motto. Dustin, I have to say, I'm always up for a Lord of the Rings reference in any and all public <laughs> meetings, and I kind of perked yeah. up as I was following some of the some of the folks who were live tweeting the meeting. Can you explain the Gandalf reference that became a talking point for one of the public commenters?
1: Okay, so uh, Joe Moss, the chair of the commission, who I mentioned, uh, put out a tweet that uh, that had an image that showed um, you know Lord of the Rings reference so then one of these commenters Joe Spaulding he got up and he he spoke at last week's meeting he spoke again at this meeting seems to have a thing against Joe Moss in particular He's, he's asking Joe Moss to stop blocking him on Twitter um, but Spalding said, you know, speaking of Tolkien, Tolkien was uh, an anti-fascist and, and, and would not have supported this agenda. So uh, he was not in favor of the, of Joe Moss using Tolkien or any Tolkien imagery to, uh, to bolster anything that they've been doing on the county commission. And just like one bearded guy with long hair once said to a um, uh, pale horde of desiccated ghouls, you will suffer me. So we have two very strong opposing views on, on who Tolkien is and what 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 his legacy should be used for.
0: You know, uh, this story has gotten a lot of heat and light and just so many, you know, dozens of people showing up to to talk at these meetings. But, I mean, I'm mindful of, of the fact that this wasn't a Republican led commission before. This is not Oakland County. It's Ottawa County. From what you know of West Michigan and and politics and the kind of ex urban communities that that are that are like this, how big a deal do you think this is in in week two?
1: Well in some ways it's You know as you said it's not uncommon for um new commissioners to come in and make changes it's not uncommon really even in small communities for there to be sort of these connections and these questions about where something came up on the agenda what really seems different about this group is the way that they've gone about it very quickly moving to make these changes without having a really public open process we still don't have answers about like why john gibbs why did they hire john gibbs as the county administrator how did they settle on him um, what about this new health director? Why did they pick him in particular? I mean, you can look at the ideologies of these people and sort of take guesses, but it didn't happen in the public eye. Um, it happened sort of in one fell swoop. And what it makes me think of actually is is not sort of conservative versus progressive, but almost these two visions of conservatism that we see battling out nationally and locally. And I see that a lot in West Michigan. You have, there there was this old, vision of West Michigan conservative, which might have been embodied by by folks like Vern Ehlers or, you know, or, or Gerald Ford, um, which was sort of moderate pro business, but, you know, not super in your face, not, you know, sort of a kinder, gentler, at least in tone, um, type of political movement. And, you know these new commissioners in Ottawa County specifically ran against fellow Republicans, and and the and they just basically argued that those Republicans weren't doing enough, they weren't being aggressive enough, they weren't taking these big actions to to make these kinds of moves. And so you see really Republican against Republican, and it sort of seems in some ways the same thing we saw in the House last week. This is just playing out on a on a more local level
0: in the U.S. House of Representatives. Yeah. Dustin, thanks for keeping tabs on this
1: for us. Thanks for having me.
0: And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes whenever you're ready for a little more listen. Find out what else is going on in the world at michiganradio.org. Today's pod was produced by April Van Buren. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Mercedes Mejia, and Ronia Kavansag. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music from this pod episode was from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.